Schaefer, thank you so much for tuning in to the Naked Humanity podcast, where I take the deepest dive possible into what it means to be human in the modern world. Today is episode number 41X, and I am responding to a listener question about the meaninglessness of life. So meaninglessness is a massive and important topic. And it's something that is abundant in our world today. But what I want to highlight in response to this question I get is that meaninglessness is actually, uh, although there's been threads of it throughout history and people have certainly uh, wrestled with meaninglessness in various forms for a very long time, meaninglessness as a cultural phenomena is actually very, very, very new. It's very particular to the world that we're in today in the circumstances that we're facing today. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that history and a little bit about the modern context to help people, to help, I think, the many people in the world who, when they counter philosophy or maybe when they counter cultural expressions of philosophy, say in like Rick and Morty or Seinfeld, right? Maybe you start to feel like life is meaningless and uh, I want to be able to provide resources to you, these ideas, because I think they can be really important and transformative. So here is the listener question. Stephanie, forgive me if this is a bit dark or hard, but I want to be real with you like you said we could. I've been trying to really hard to use philosophy, their words, not mine, to find meaning for me, for my life. But everywhere I look, I find meaninglessness. I've started spending a lot of time on philosophy forums trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. Philosophy threads on Reddit. Here's a link to a post that really resonates with me. And they linked to a post. I've been too scared or hesitant to share myself, but with these words, I really vibe on what this guy says, especially the part about, about life and entropy. They quote, after a serious amount of reading and introspection, it seems philosophically easy to conclude that life is probably not worth living. Or as Alan Watts put it, the game isn't worth the candle. The logic is simple. One, I don't find existence beautiful and would prefer not to be born or experiencing it necessarily if I had the choice. Two, the purpose of life is entropy acceleration, but I don't really care about it. All the rest seems meaningless. Three, it's hard for me to bear human cruelty and stupidity. I understand it's not the fault of the qualias. The entire game is just bad. Four, my life is generally good. Compared to most people, my life improved significantly in the last eight years, but I still find these people hedonistically negative, so I don't think a better life will improve my mental state. I'm high on neuroticism and tend to be very sensitive to anxiety or negative feelings. Six, I'm 33 years old, means I have a large sample of life that I have lived, and I can see that it's really hard for me to be happy. Our writer concludes, I too am in my 30s and feel like my life is pretty good. What's missing? Why do I still feel like everything is ultimately ultimately meaningless? Sorry again for dumping so much despair on you. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do have a lot of thoughts. Um, I field questions about mental health occasionally uh, in my other work relating to women's issues and body image and the like. Uh, and the first thing I always say, and this is very important, is uh, if you struggle with meaninglessness, if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with anything that makes you feel like your life might not be worth living or to question it, um, it's definitely really worth interrogating a lot of different ways of um, managing this. 
including therapy, including uh, doctors, including pharmaceuticals, including nutritional changes, including lifestyle changes. Uh, there are a wide array, array of things that need to fall into place in order for mental wellness to be really full. Or perhaps you have a particular issue that needs to be found first and then solved because we all struggle for different reasons. So I always want to foreground these kinds of discussions like that. But there is also philosophy at play here. And whether we want it to or not, the way we think about things does really make a difference. Whether you experience the world as meaningful or not, it does in some part depend on what you think the world is like. And so I want to tell you a little bit about the history of people thinking about what the world is like. Throughout the entirety of human history, basically, people inherently saw meaning everywhere. Now, we are what Alistair McGrath, a theologian here at Oxford, uh, calls us meaning junkies. A meaning junkie basically is a creature, it's a person that sees meaning everywhere, right? You want to know what things mean, even if you just simply have a label for them. I want to know what uh, this journal means, what this pen means. I want to know the meaning of words. And then there are larger concepts and we're abstract thinkers. And so we want to know what does our experience mean? And we tell stories about meaning very naturally and very consistently throughout all of human history, right? Uh, we have all of these foundational myths that explain our existence. We have gods, we have deities, we have spirits, we have ghosts. We have ways of accounting for our worlds and for wrapping our activities on a daily basis to the larger picture. And I think this is the crux of what people are talking about, what people are reaching for when they want to see meaning in their life. Why does my life matter? Why is it significant? It used to come naturally for people to see their lives as embedded in these larger stories. Now, today we don't. It comes very, very challengingly to us, if at all. Now, the reason is that Christianity and narratives in Christianity were once the bedrock of our civilization. And we had very certain ideas Right? Even if we differed in the nuances of these ideas, we had very certain ideas about our salvation, about our relationship to the cosmos, about what we should do in order to be good. There were answers about all of these things. And then over the course of the last few hundred years, that started to disintegrate, in large part because people began thinking variously about how to change Christianity, and in large part because of the development of the sciences and because of our encounter with other cultures, we began to realize that this singular narrative about Christianity might not be true. Now, some people still hang on to it, but when they do hang on to it, and this is something I think you know I talk about a lot, when they do hang on to it, they do so with knowledge that there are competing versions of events. And people who don't hang on to it or hang on to anything, right? You can hang on to some little pieces of things, threads of things, things tied together, whatever it is, however you make sense of your life, it's very tenuous and it exists in this soup of people doing it in so many different ways. And ultimately this leads us often to conclude, well, you know what? The only thing that I can reasonably say is true is nothing. And I have no certain hook 
on which to hang my meaning in life. I have no certain God. I have no certain cosmic purpose. I have no certain humanitarian, you know, humanitarian purpose. I think maybe being humanitarian is good. I think maybe taking care of other people is good, but what's the point, right? The things that the person says in this question, I'm not sure I can see the world as beautiful. The purpose of life is entropy acceleration, right? And so this is referring to physics. This is saying all life does is create patterns of order and disorder and basically disintegrate over time and create increasingly complex, increasing complexity in the cosmos. That's all life does. Well, sure, when you look at it that way. But you have to understand that we are drawing these conclusions. People draw these conclusions, experience this kind of meaningless out of this very specific cultural milieu in which Christianity, the one thing that once held all of our meaning together, is no longer in the picture. God's no longer in the picture. And meaning as such is sort of untethered. All of these things that were once hooked on God, meaning, purpose, morality, right? What's good? What happens after you die? All these answers, once hooked on God, God is pulled out of the picture and everything is left fraying. And so we draw conclusions of meaninglessness. We're remembering, we have an intense cultural memory of how and where things were once meaningful. And for people and other people in our culture, sometimes are still. And the contrast is stark. It hurts. It hurts to feel like the world was once easy to feel meaningful. It hurts to know that that sort of thing is possible. That as a human, it's so natural for us to make sense of things. It's so natural for us to tell stories, for us to want myths. But we feel like we can't have them because we've lived through this history of deconstructing religion. So what do we do about it, right? Like, okay, great, we know this. What do we do about it? One of the most important things that I learned in my journey through struggling with nihilism, through struggling with meaninglessness, through struggling with whether or not there is a God and how to make sense of the world, one of the most important things I learned was that meaninglessness isn't necessarily true. Just because we've inherited all of these ideas, just because we've inherited these kinds of experiences, doesn't necessarily mean that it's accurate. Now, you have to get outside of the Western picture of the Western story in order to see that there are many different alternatives. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to become Hindu or Buddhist or Taoist or uh, any such thing. But you can learn from these different perspectives that this isn't inherently meaningless or this isn't the only way to look at the cosmos. Now, I know I said you have to step outside of the West, but there have actually been many threads also throughout the history of the West in things like uh, a field, a type of philosophy and theology called process. Process philosophy um, makes sense of things in a totally different way, integrates meaning in a totally different way. Uh, mystic theology does these things entirely coherent with science in a totally different way. So are these threads in the West? There are threads also where meaning is made without these hooks on God and purpose and Jesus um, in terms of relationship with natural order and law, which you can find in the early philosophical Taoism, right? Or you can look at certain threads, not all threads, but certain threads of Buddhism in which 
uh, the self is a no self, right? And these threads of Buddhism may be coherent with modern science and neuroscience perspectives on what it means to be a human neurologically. And meaning itself can actually be located in the natural world, right? It can actually be located in our experience as it is today without any of these different thought systems, without Taoism, without Buddhism, without Christianity. You can look at the unfolding of cosmos from very basic physics to geology to the development of life on earth. And you can say, wow, there is manifesting purpose. There is developing feeling. There is developing consciousness. There is something happening in the universe that has feelings and to which things matter. Now, we might not be able to be 100% certain about what the right thing to do is, but we do know that we are a species that cares very deeply about what the right thing to do is. And that may be all that we need to get started. I personally know, I feel like perhaps there is not an absolute answer to questions I have about morality, about beauty, about truth, about how to best live my life. But I do think that it all matters because we care and because the universe exists. And if there's going to be meaning in the world, if there's going to be some kind of warmth or love or creativity or what have you, it is up to us to manifest it. You know, it is up to us to create it. And in that way, like, yes, these things do really exist. And the way that we behave does make an impact on the shape that the universe ultimately takes, even if in billions of years, it will all like burn or fizzle or whatever. So those are some ideas about meaning. I think it's very important to understand that the assured way in which so many people and so many books and movies and what have you hammer at us this conviction that the world is meaninglessness it's not necessarily true. In fact, it probably isn't. We're in a very, very specific cultural moment. We need to pay attention to that because it can be so corrosive. Now, I know it's not easy to decide what you want to hook your meaning on or how you want to live your life, how you want to find beauty, but you can. Many people have done it. I can provide you many resources for uh, people who have done it with science, people who have done it without science, with Christianity, without Christianity, with Judaism, with Buddhism. I can point you the way, DM me, you know, slide into my DMs. I can do it for you. Um, I mean, I can't. I can provide you resources, but we all have to walk our own paths. And it is true that we no longer have a singular narrative to which we can all be loyal and from which we can all derive meaning. That's true. But we do have the ability to learn, to seek truth, to find our own answers. And so where there is a trade-off, we have to sacrifice surety and assurances. We do receive, on the other hand, freedom and creativity and responsibility, which can in itself be very beautiful. So I'm going to leave it at that. I hope that was a little bit helpful for you, Anonymous a friend who wrote in, and maybe for anybody else who is listening, um, a few shop notes before I close up. I have a winner for this week's drawing. Uh, Y'all know that I give away some books on a regular basis. I like to thank people who write reviews of the podcast. You know, as somebody who works in media for a living, 
I have learned how important it is to uh, write reviews. It's a, a massive way to show support for people. Like we live off of them, right? I write Google reviews of restaurants and of hotels I stay in, and especially the local ones run by moms and pops uh, because it's, it's really important, you know? And that's how the rest of the world knows whether you're worth listening to. So I like to say thank you to the people who make the time for me to do that. Yes, and I give away free books. This week's winner, her name is Chelsea, and the S is a dollar sign, which I adore. Uh, she has won a free book, which is really, really fun. If you want to win a free book, all you have to do is write a review of this podcast on a podcasting app on iTunes. Go to stephanieruper.com slash iTunes. Uh, or just open your app right now, write a review, take a screenshot, email it to me at stephanie at nakedhumanity.org or DM it to me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I will get it. Uh, and then you will be permanently entered into a drawing to get a free book. One of my favorite books you get to choose, of course. Uh, so that's exciting. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am henceforth taking listener questions like these. You can say as much as you want as little as you want about anything uh, related to the human condition, about anything related to philosophy, spirituality, meaning, relationships, love, loss, death, what have you. Uh, I have studied these things reasonably extensively and will do what I can to share with you what I have learned uh, and if I have any practical lessons from my own life as well. So please do write in. There is an anonymous form if you want to contribute a question anonymously. Uh, you can go to at nakedhumanity.org to get that uh, or stephanieruper.com slash form. Really, it's just the Naked Humanity redirects. It's very easy, stephanieruper.com slash form. There was also a link in my Instagram bio. Click on it. That's it. That's all you have to do. So there are a number of ways to get at me, to drop me questions, to get involved in the podcast, which I very much um, want you to do. This is a community collaboration as much as it can be in any way. So thank you so much for tuning in. This has been episode number 41X of the Naked Humanity podcast. You know where to get at me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stephanie Ruper. Please do be in touch. Take care and I'll talk to you next week.